All right, let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for tonight. And Lord, I just want to thank you that, that you're here and that you're always with us, Lord, and that you're guiding us every step of the way. And Father, I pray that tonight, my, my biggest prayer, Lord, is that hearts would be changed. And it may not be one that's like salvation, but Lord, I pray that, that seeds are planted and that people will fall in love with you and that they would open up their heart, open up their mind to let it be changed by you. That's my biggest prayer, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, um, we're in this series called Bold, and um, last week my mama texted me, and uh, she felt like God had put something on her heart to share, and um, and so I, I prayed about it, and I I thought about how a year ago, or maybe more, she had told me that she felt like God wanted her to to speak. And then it just never got brought up again. But now, uh, I'm guessing that God had really placed something on her heart and, that, and gave her the strength to do it. So the special guest tonight speaking and sharing her testimony, sharing what God had put on her heart is my mama. You can come on, come up here, Mom. Um, my mom, I love her so much. And... Um, probably one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my entire life, and um, one of my biggest fans, so uh, y'all just, uh, I guess y'all just listen. Yeah. Okay. Y'all know I don't normally use a microphone because I don't normally need it, so if I get a little loud, just somebody do like this and I'll drop it down. Um, Keith gave me 10 minutes. I just want y'all to know Keith gets his talking to you from me. So I'm going to try my best to do 10 minutes. Uh, he also gets his crying gene from me, so I'm going to try my best not to cry. Can't swear I'm going to do either one, okay? So um, I did talk to Keith a year or so ago about, about speaking. I think that God gave me the gift to talk, obviously. But um, it it just never did come up. But over this past year... He's really begun to work on my heart. Um, up until this past year, I always, since I was 26 years old, identified myself as somebody's mama. <laughs> I've been hailing Keith's mama for 22, 23 years. And suddenly this past year, and maybe not so suddenly, suddenly to me, I became mama of adult children. And that's not... When I introduce myself, I'm not just Haley and Keith's mama anymore. I'm back to being Dodie. Well, I wasn't sure where that was and who that was because the Dodie I was before I had Haley is not the Dodie I am now. I wasn't saved then. I am now. And my life is different. Tab, stop. So, um... When, when they started the series, I think it really, really started with me when Keith was talking about the purpose and what is your purpose and, and finding your purpose. And I think most of us consider that to be more geared towards high school, college, young adult, because you're figuring out where you're going and who you're going to go with. And 
But what I've realized over this past year is that we have different stages and I think our purpose evolves or it, or it redefines itself in some way. And so I, I was struggling to find my purpose again because I was by myself. I, I didn't have kids in the house anymore and, and they don't need me the same way anymore. And I'm, I was just trying to find where I fit in all this. So, um, then, then we went into the broken vessels, and I have carried the weight of a lot of things on my shoulders for a lot of years, and I've been the strong one. I've been the independent one. I've been the one that people come to I've, at work, at home, it, it, and I was just that strong one. And sometimes when you're the strong one, you, you don't ask for help, and you don't ask for you know, you don't let people see. You don't let people see when you're scared or when you're tired or when you're weary or um, you don't let people see your brokenness pretty much because you don't want them to know that you might have anything broken in you. And Keith said the very last, the very last night of that series when he was talking about how, how do we reach broken, how do the broken vessels reach broken people if we don't show them that we're broken too? And so God was like, you've got to let people see your brokenness. And that's hard for me. That's really, really hard for me. I, I don't, that doesn't come natural for me. So I prayed about it and I prayed about it. And, and he was just saying, you got to let some people in. You got to let people see you. And so then the bold series and you know Kenny was talking about being bold and I wanted to tell the youth right here he said something about um if your parents aren't bold if don't let that stop you if your parents aren't Christians don't let that stop you because I can tell you it wasn't too many years ago that Keith was in 10th grade and his boldness brought Haley and me back to church his boldness influenced us and God used him God used him to to get to us I was not a spiritual leader of my family not in any way shape or form and he used a 15 year old boy to be our spiritual leader and so don't think that you can't be that for your friends for your family people watch you people watch you and you have no idea they're watching you but they watch how you are they watch how you act how you react to things they watch how you love so y'all just, I wanted to say, y'all can be bold. He was. And it changed lives. And it's still changing lives. So don't, don't, don't let other people stop you. Um, that's what brought me to tonight. So now I'll, I'll kind of share my story from a long time ago. When I was 13, I thought I was saved. I wasn't raised in a church-going family. My my mom went to church some, but um, I don't remember ever going to church as a whole family. Um, when I was 13, we went to, uh, the youth group went to a truth concert, and it was kind of like a mercy me or casting frowns, something like that. And um, at the end of it, you know, the music was playing, heads bowed and he said if you need Jesus if you want Jesus you raise your hand and I did I thought I was saved so 
I always remember being told, once saved, always saved. You know, it, you're good if you're saved. I didn't have a Kenny and a Keith up here, you know, telling me that if your sin doesn't break your heart, then you need to reevaluate. This is what a Christ follower looks like. If your life doesn't look like this, you need to reevaluate. I just, I raised my hand. I raised my hand. I believed. I believed that Jesus was born, raised, taught, performed miracles, died on the cross for me, carrying all my sin. I believed that. So I thought I was saved. Um, that's when I was 13. At 15, I started drinking. By 16, I probably had, if you asked anybody, I probably had a, a problem with alcohol. 17, I lost my virginity. Now, all these things I knew were not right. I knew I wasn't supposed to do them. I did them anyway because I wanted to. But I was saved. And if you asked me, I would have told you I was saved. I look back on that now, and those things didn't break my heart. They break my heart now, but they didn't break my heart then. So I go through college doing whatever I wanted to do. I got married, I had children, I got divorced. Um, I started dating. A couple of years after dating this guy, he moved in. And uh, I lived with a man for five years that I wasn't married to. And I exposed my children to that lifestyle. And if you had asked me, I'd have told you I was saved. My life looked nothing like a Christ follower. But I just thought I was good. I'm, and I, so I did what I wanted to do. And I ended that relationship, and he moved out. And then a few years after that is when Keith got saved, and we started going to church. And I realized that I was not what I was saying I was. Well, I take it back. I still thought I was saved. And I knew God was tugging at my heart. But I thought I was going to rededicate my life. Now, Kenny will tell you there is no such thing as rededication, but I didn't know that at the time, okay? <laughs> so, um, I can remember standing in pews and just Sunday after Sunday and my heart beating out of my chest and just not being able to breathe and knowing that God was saying, just, just come to me. Just, just let me let me forgive you, you know, and I, and I just, I said no, week after week after week after week, and you know why I said no? Because I wasn't thinking about what I would be getting, I wasn't thinking about the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the peace and the love and the everlasting life that he promises, I was thinking about the world, I was thinking about those things that that I would be giving up things that I wanted to do. It's my life, right? I mean, I deserve a little bit of something, right? So I kept thinking about those things, and I kept thinking about how I didn't want to give them up. And so I just kept saying no. But all this time, y'all, I still thought I was saved. I thought I was just 
just saying, no, I just don't want to completely change everything right now, you know. But I didn't want to say I was rededicating if I wasn't willing to live that life. Looking back now, I mean, obviously I was struggling with my salvation, but I still was, I still didn't know that. I didn't realize it. So finally one Sunday, I just said, I, I, I can't. I, I thought I was going to pass out. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even catch a deep breath. So I stepped out of the pew, and in that instant, in that instant, just just a flash, my life changed completely. I went down, and I asked for forgiveness. I told him that I was willing to live my life the way he wanted me to and to do what he wanted me to do and and give whatever up he wanted me to give up. I still thought, y'all, that I was rededicating my life. Teresa came down and prayed with me, and she said, do you want me to, you know, take you in front of the church? And I said, no, this is just a private thing. I'm good, you know. So I realized in the next few weeks that my life had completely changed. Every, I have to tell you, I used to cuss really, 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 really bad. And suddenly if I said something, guess what it did? It broke my heart. <laughs> and I realized at that point that I had never been saved before that day that I stepped out of that pew. And... 30 years, y'all, from 13 to 43, 30 years, I thought I was saved. If I had died in those 30 years, I would have been extremely shocked when I got to heaven and he said, "Uh, you can't come in. I've been saying, why not? (laughs) You know, I seriously thought I had been saved for those 30 years. And when I look back on it, it scares me to death that I didn't know. So... If, if you know that you're not saved, you're one step ahead. But if you don't know, if you're like me, where you just thought if you raised your hand when you were a kid that you're good, but you, your life hasn't looked like a Christ follower, then you need to think. You need to, you need to really pray, and you need to wonder, and you need to say, what does my life look like? I'm, I'm almost done. I know. I'm running out of time. But I have to tell you all this. During this, after this, I got I got baptized in February of 11 after I was saved in November, and I realized that that I was saved and I needed to I needed to be baptized. And I got baptized, and I kept I kept feeling like something was wrong, like like something was going to happen. You know how you just sometimes have those feelings of where you feel like something's going to happen, you just don't know what it is, and so. I just kept praying. I was like, please, just please don't let it be the kids. You know, because when you're a parent, that's your first, that's your first thought. Just please, 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 God, don't let it be the kids. But if it has to be the kids, then just give me strength to do what I need to do. But it wasn't the kids, thank goodness it was me. And I'd rather it be me than them. But I had been sick several years before. Something really weird caused my spinal cord to swell, and nobody knew why. So um, it started happening again 
and I went back to the neurologist and I was sitting in the office by myself because I don't have family here and the kids were middle school and um, well y'all were in high school by then but I didn't want to take them to anything like that and my friends either sleep during the day or you know because they're weird like me they work at night and so I went by myself and I sat in this office and the neurologist told me that after all my tests and stuff that I had multiple sclerosis which is MS well I'm a nurse so I know what that means and I know it can be potentially devastating um, but I sat in that office by myself and physically I was by myself but I was not alone I felt peace and comfort and love and strength like I just cannot explain I can't explain to you and I knew I knew that's what he was preparing me for and I said, I said, God, this is it, and that this is this is what's been coming, and this is what you were trying to say. You you're gonna need me. You're gonna need me really bad. So I didn't even cry. I just thought this is my life, and it's okay. God will give me the strength to do what I have to do, and and He has, and He still does, and um. hope that something about my story touches somebody because I don't think it's I don't think it's a odd story I think there's a lot of people walking around that think they're saved and they're really not and and if it gets somebody to thinking then then I hope God is glorified through this because I wanted to say what he wanted me to say I wanted to share what he wanted me to share and I hope that it touched somebody. So thank y'all for letting me share a little bit of myself. Just give it back to Connie, or just hold on to it. Thank you, Mom. So this whole week, for some weird reason, and it always freaks me out when it happens, I couldn't figure out what to say. And that gun mama, he made me cry. <laughs> she did give me the cry. I cry like every day. It's crazy. But uh, I couldn't figure out what to say. And, and I thought, I, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach on bold. And, and what it, boldness is, is all about you humbling yourself and being able to go before God and ask for forgiveness. And that's true, because for you to recognize that about yourself and go before God, that takes an extreme amount of boldness. And for you to humble yourself and really look at yourself for who you are and look at God for who He is, that, that really does take boldness because it creates change in your life, and change is not easy. It never is. And then I had a conversation with a guy and it works with me. He's a Jehovah's Witness. And conversations with him confuse me 
like so bad. I can't even explain how bad it confuses me because I'm sitting here trying to explain to him that Jesus died for his sin and like just simple, just, you know, as basic as it can get. And he's like, yeah, I believe that too. I'm just like, well, then what's different? I don't understand. Like, why, why do I not? I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out in my head, like, why do I not sense that he is, like, actually, like, with God? Why do I not feel like that he actually knows God, knows the God that I know? Because it feels so weird talking to him. And it's because in their faith, in their, I guess you would call it a lack of faith, they don't believe in hell and they don't believe that Jesus was actually God and all these kind of different things. I'm just like, man, that's crazy. And I was like, but not really. Because how do I know that he is? And I was like, oh, snap. I don't even know. And I was just like, this is crazy. Oh, my gosh. And then it just hit me. I was like, well, you know what bold is? Bold is when you let God's word change you instead of, you go into God's word and change it according to what you want it to say. Amen. Amen. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to preach on. And then I started thinking again. I was like, well, where does it say that in the Bible? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it says that, so I can't really, like, you know, like, I don't know. Third Corinthians chapter, no. Nah. I was like, this is, this is really strange. I didn't know what was going on in my head. And I, I come in here like, at like 4 o'clock, and I'm freaking out all day. And, and I still don't know what I'm going to say. i got two different things to preach on with, with no scripture whatsoever. And I'm just like, well, I'm just like him. I'm just telling him what to believe. And then we pray, and a man named Steve, he always just says something to me, and it's like what I need to hear. And he said, you need to stop worrying so much. And that's really when I just finally realized what God was trying to show me. And what was the difference between me and that guy I work with? It's because God is with me in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit leads me and He comforts me and He gives me peace. And he teaches me things. I want to tell you all just a small story about this book that I'm reading. It's called The Hiding Place. You've heard Dawn and Connie talk about it. But there's this one point in the story. I, I could read the whole book, but this, this one thing just stuck out to me. I'll probably always remember it. It said, all right, this is weird. So the little girl says, Daddy, what's sex in? And he's on the train. And I was like, I didn't really know what it was either because it was one word. I was like, I, didn't, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's some type of slang or whatever. And so the dad just doesn't answer. She, he gets up and he, she, he says, Hey, Corey, would you get my briefcase for me while, we, like, while we're walking off the train? And it's full of like watch parts because he's a watchmaker. And she goes to get it. She's just a little girl. She tries to pick it up and it ain't moving. She's like, Daddy, it's too heavy. And he says... Yes, just like that briefcase is too heavy for you to carry, it's the same with knowledge. Sometimes 
is too heavy for you to carry. Sometimes certain knowledge is too heavy for you to carry. And I started to realize that I don't have to know everything about the Bible. I don't have to know every little thing. You know why? Because it's impossible, first of all. Second of all, we're just trying. We're just trying to follow after God, and and this is our God, and this is what we have to remind us of God's love and what he did. This is what we have to go to the world and and to continue to learn about it and continue to, to just refresh our minds and sanctify us as in chip away the bad and just keep adding to the good. This is God's word. That's what it does is do that. And if we knew every little thing there was to know, we would be so weighed down. We can't handle that kind of knowledge. We can't handle that kind of of burden to know all these things and everybody else know nothing. We can't handle that. We are not God. And so I'm sitting here trying to carry on this conversation with you. It's like, well, why don't I know this? Why don't I know where, where it says that hell is real? Why don't I know that, that where it says that Jesus forgives us of our sins? And that's why he died on the cross. Not just because he died for some people. Can you lose your salvation or can you not? We don't know every little thing and we don't know where it's at. And that's okay. And I wanted to say that. And it's good to continue to seek after that knowledge. It's good to continue to read the Bible and learn these things things, but don't be discouraged. And so while I was sitting there listening to my mama, I realized that God had led me to this passage for a reason. And this whole time I had been freaking out. First John, I mean, uh, John chapter 14, starting in verse 23, says, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. That's what she said. Before she was saved, nothing broke her heart. Her sin did not break her heart. But now that she loves God, everything she does apart from God breaks her heart. And it's the same with all of us who are believers. All of us who believe in God and trust in Him for our salvation, those things break our heart. That's why when we love God, we obey His commandments. Because it's just, it's out of love that we obey Him. It's not out of our own personal strength. It's out of our love for Him. And because it breaks our heart to do things against Him. That's why. And it says, My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. So think about your life right now. And ask yourself, what do I want my life to be about? What do you want your life to be about? At the end of this life, what do you want people to say about your life? And what do you want to do with it? Just think about it for a second. Really really try to consider the question. I'm actually asking it to you. What do you want to do? If your career and certain people come to mind as in, I want to do this in my life, 
live here, do this, know this person, yada, yada, all these specific things. And now, I do understand that some of you guys are thinking, I want to uh, clothe the world. I I want to clothe people for the gospel. I want to give clean water to people so that I can share the gospel with them. That's cool. Because what I want y'all to understand by that question is, our life, we should want to glorify God with it. That's the only thing. It all boils down to you making God high, lifting God way up here and saying, this is who I'm living for, and this is who I want you to know, and this is who changed me. This is who loves me, and He is the purpose behind my life. That is bringing glory to God. And if you're not doing that, you might recognize a pattern in your life that you're not obeying Him. Coming to church is not obeying God. That's not obeying God. Reading your Bible is not the definition of obeying God. John chapter 14, verse 15, way up in the passage, it says, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Obeying God has much more to do with loving Him and loving your neighbor and following the Holy Spirit, much more to do with that than it does with reading a couple of verses and coming to church. Those things are great. Those things will encourage you to do things. It will encourage you to follow the Holy Spirit, and it will teach you certain things, but that is not the definition of obeying God. And it says... I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. And it says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give you is the gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. I felt like I had to to say that instead of coming up here with a lot of knowledge about one particular passage. I felt like I had to tell you guys that the difference between a believer and a true Christ follower, between that person and the rest of the people in the world, is the Holy Spirit. And he's leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and of heart. Can he ask Sunday about the peace in your heart? Do you have peace? And that's a good way to tell. It's a good way to tell whether you are or are not saved, truly following after Christ. And when you have moments of confusion, you have moments where you, you start to think to yourself, I don't know everything about the Bible, and how am I supposed to share this gospel? Because you have the Holy Spirit. And He will comfort you. He is your helper. 
He is the one who's going to give you peace of mind and of heart because He is with you. That is God with you. That is God guiding your steps, and He will guide you as you read this Word. It says that He will teach you. He will help you understand. Don't carry around the burden of having to know everything. Don't carry around the burden that you think that you have to know this entire Bible and that you have to be able to argue your point with every single person. No, you have the Holy Spirit. That's much better than just head knowledge. He will help you with head knowledge. He will will give you wisdom about these things. But that is not all it. The guy that I was talking to gets everything off of one website, and he will, he will argue each point based off of what somebody said about a certain verse, about this certain thing, and so on and so forth. And I'm just like, you're missing it, man. I was like, I, I wish I could argue with you because everything you're saying is wrong. It's missing something. It's, it's missing God. It's missing the Holy Spirit. It's missing the fact that you sin and that you hurt God and that you separate yourself from God. And it's missing the fact that Jesus is the one who bridged that gap. It has nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do with how much you know and how much you're willing to do for God. It has everything to do with your faith in Him and the fact that you follow the Holy Spirit that now lives within inside of you. That's what it has to do with. And that's what being a Christian is. And this whole Bible will tell you that. Every passage will lead back to that. You don't have to understand everything. Your faith is all that matters. And this Bible will help you live out that faith, live out your freedom from sin. That's what it's about. So, if you're carrying around that burden any burden at all, remember that Jesus said, I'm giving you a gift that the world cannot give. Peace of heart and of mind. If you need peace in your mind and in your heart, come to Jesus and ask for it. That's boldness. That's being bold. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for, for speaking to hearts. Lord, Lord, I don't always say the right thing. And I'm not always as good of a speaker as I was last week or the week before or whatever. But Lord, that does not matter. Lord, I know that your Holy Spirit is convicting people, and God, I'm just going to rely on that truth. I'm going to depend on your word and, and know that it's true and just trust that, Lord. And Lord, if people, if people don't respond to you, God, that's on them. That's their choice, and God, you gave them that choice. But Lord, I'm trusting, and I know that you're speaking to hearts, and Lord, I pray that you would give them strength to respond to you. I pray that you would give them strength to ask you for that peace and ask for that change in their life. Lord, I, I know that our boldness doesn't come from within us, God. It comes from the strength that you give us. And Lord, no matter what, no matter who comes into our past, God, no matter who talks to me about certain things, God, I know one thing and that you are always going to tell me the truth.
and that your word is never going to lead me astray. And God, that's what I'm going to put my trust in. God, I'm not going to put my trust in a man. God, I'm just going to rely on you, and I know that you will not lead me down the wrong path. And God, that's what I want. The lost person in here needing peace, I need them to know, Lord, that you will tell them the truth always, and that you will always guide their steps. You will always tell them what to do next. And God, you will never lie to them, and you will never leave them. God, that's what your word says, and I know it says that, Lord. I know that it says that, and I know that your word is true. God, speak to that heart that needs that. Lord, and your word also says that if we ask you these things in the name of Jesus, then you will give us these things. So, Lord, that's what I'm asking, all these things in the name of, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, and I trust that you will give them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.